0: Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning.
1: Hello everybody, and welcome to this special edition of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris and we and have he's a Greg yes, he's Greg. <laughs> Greg is here with us, Greg Stilson from Humanware. He is the product manager for Humanware Blindness Products.
2: Hey, guys. Yep. Yes. Hey,
1: Greg. And
2: you have
1: some interesting news to share with us.
3: Yeah, and so do we. So we're all very excited to be here hanging out sharing news.
2: (laughs) Excellent. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, we have – at least at, at my time at HumanWare, and I've been through many of the different launches and stuff, we're extremely excited to announce the next generation of the BrailleNote family of products. This is, uh, it, it's, we're saying that it's part of the BrailleNote family of products because it is, it fits in as a BrailleNote device. However, this product is significantly more than, than a note taker. And to put it into the Classification of a note taker, I think, doesn't do it quite justice. So the product is called the Braille Note Touch. The reason we call it the Braille Note Touch is because it is the first Google-certified Braille tablet, and that's something that uh, is is extremely exciting, especially for a part of the assistive technology space, is that uh, the fact that this device is technically part of the mainstream Google Play Store, which is something that no other device has really been able to ever say before. So because it's
1: a part of the Google Play Store, of course, I have to ask this. Can you install third-party apps on it?
2: Absolutely, yep. And that's something that is is really, you know, I, I don't want to talk directly about the third-party app stuff right away, but that sure. is definitely the most exciting part about this. When you think about note-takers and assistive technology devices that have been around, it's always been assistive technology on one side of the spectrum and mainstream on the other side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And thanks to a a ton of help and support by Google, the folks at Google and Google Accessibility, this is really the first product that's going to be able to merge the techniques that people use in assistive technology devices to keep things efficient and to make sure that you're, you're doing things as efficiently as possible. And then the power and openness of a mainstream tablet which allows you to download pretty much any application you want, whether it's, you know, Google Drive, Google Docs, Skype, uh, you know, any of those apps that are accessible, you're able to use on this device.
1: But going back to the productivity of the note-taker, we still have the familiarity of the key list, key plan, uh, keyword. Is that
2: correct? E- exactly. Your, your friendly Keysoft apps are not going anywhere, and... and Keysoft itself is, of course, on on the Braille note. The Keysoft, for those of you who aren't familiar with what keysoft is, keysoft, i I always tell people Keysoft is the user experience that you experience when you use a Braille note. Keysoft is technically a user interface, but i it goes so much farther beyond that. it's it's the applications that you use. It's the menu structure. it's the way that you interact with the device, using your familiar keystrokes, things like first letter navigation. Well, that's something that Keysoft does. And really that's where the Braille Note Touch, I always say it unifies efficiency and accessibility. So today, with all the devices that we have out there, because of the concept of universal design, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Myself as a blind user, I use things that use universal design all the time, meaning that the developer of an of an app or of a device tries to put accessibility into the design of the product from the ground up which is fantastic. I tell people all the time right now is probably one of the best times to be a blind technology user because yeah, we absolutely. have access we have access to so much more than oh. we've ever had. So wow. what we've seen is that as we started looking at the landscape of products out there and we actually as a company took a long hard look at whether You know, there was a a need in, in this space for another Braille note. And the answer was that there wasn't such a need for a note taker, but as a really next generation device that used the strengths of a Braille note, used the strengths of KeySoft, but really integrated that into the mainstream. Because there's a whole bunch of devices that qualify themselves as accessible. I can physically touch. A touch screen and run my finger all over that screen and find different icons and buttons but I'll give you an example one thing that I do every single day is you know I'll go into my news feeds I'll go into my you know my email I'll go in and I and I do the same steps over and over again but I know what button I have to go to, but is it really the most efficient method for me to have to flick right 500 times until I find that item? Or would it be more efficient to just simply type the first letter of the item that I need to go to? And that's really where the power of Keysoft really brings those efficiency things—the the, the screen reader, the the braille note style of navigation—to a mainstream type of platform, and that. That applies both inside your Keysoft apps, things like Keyword, Keylist, Keyplan, all the way through to your third-party apps, your Skype, your Dropbox, that kind of stuff.
3: There's that level of efficiency going on, and there's also a piece in there that says, particularly to those people who perhaps are currently unfamiliar with tablets or unfamiliar with some of the technology that has come out more recently, as you were saying, you know, even the last 10 years, the amount of stuff that we have as blind technology users has been able to do has just been staggering. The amount of material we've been able to access mm-hmm. and for people who have been a bit intimidated by how the heck do I learn some of that? I think this is a beautiful bridge to allow some of that intimidation factor to vanish as If you're not familiar with Keysoft or if you are an older Keysoft user or a Keysoft user who has used it quite a while back, to get into an environment where you can quite quickly and easily become comfortable, become excited, and yet still have all these amazing possibilities. The ability to download various apps and do various things. You have Mm -hmm. the Braille display. You have the panning features available, but you also have, as you said, the one-letter nav, and if you want to play with being able to use it in a tablet-like fashion as it were you have that ability too so it's i think it's a beautiful way to explore and evolve your own technology learning needs if it's something that's kind of new to you and you're kind of on the fence about it
2: yeah and you know you you made the point about being able to use it as a tablet well you know technically this this is really a braille tablet it's uh on to describe the device um if you pictured. What a BrailleNote Apex or no, traditional note taker would look like. We have our 32 or 18 cell Braille display uh, in the front of the device. We have our familiar front panel thumb keys. There's four of them uh, on the on the device. They're actually uh, that they, we've changed the names and the functions of those thumb keys because I actually asked many many BrailleNote users. I said, "So could you tell me the name of the Apex thumb keys and what they do?" And I would say maybe 10% of users actually could tell me. Outside of the two panning ones in the middle, what the far left and the far right thumb keys would do. And so we said, let's make it easy for people. So starting from the left, uh, you have the far left button is previous because it navigates you to the previous item. The second from the left, so the middle left, is just called left because it pans your display left. Then the middle right is called right because it pans your display right. And the far right, uh, all the way to the right edge, is called next because if you push that it navigates you to the next item whether that's in a list or in a third-party application or whatever it's basically the equivalent uh, at times of what you would equate to swiping right or swiping left on a touchscreen where the braille note touch is so unique is that behind the braille display where your traditional braille keyboard would be we now have a flat glass surface and that glass surface is a really, really special glass surface because it's designed for two purposes. It's designed one for visual output. So there is a visual screen. For those of you who are wondering, yes, you can turn it off. So if you want to be private and do things on your Braille note without the prying eyes of others, you can turn that visual screen off. But it's also designed for one specific thing, and that is that we need to be able to control the device with. Braille commands, the same way that we've used on past Braille note takers and things like that. The beauty of using the screen is that blind people can use the same type of surface and same type of uh, touch screens that everybody else is using, which allows us to not have any conflicts with, you know, third party applications and things like that. So you can use that glass surface just like in a traditional tablet where you slide your finger around the screen to identify items and double tap on the ones that you want and things like that. But where the Braille Note Touch is the most effective is when you turn on this mode, which is by default turned on, called Touch Braille. Touch Braille is a patent-pending technology that we've designed. It's similar in some ways to the other options that are out there. So, for example, iOS, I think, has Braille screen input, and there's a few other ones out there that have the ability to type on a touchscreen. There's two significant differences. Number one is that on Touch Braille, when I lay my ten fingers on that screen, it has instantly recognized my fingers. It has instantly recognized them. What other devices called calibration, we call it finger recognition, because what happens is that when you lay your hands on the screen, all 10 fingers are recognized, but not just recognized. They're recognized as in the positioning and the finger type of each finger, because what happens with touch Braille is that the virtual keys that are created when you lay your hands on the screen, then will actually follow your fingers. So what other devices have done in the past is that when you calibrate your hands on the screen using whatever method that is, you have to find those targets. You have to hit those targets to be able to correctly input Braille. Touch Braille is not that way. First off, Touch Braille is instantly calibrated the second that you lay 10 fingers on that screen. Because our goal with this was that if you think about the way you type on a physical keyboard, Before you begin typing, you always rest your fingers to orient them to the keys. And we wanted it to be that fast, so there's really no loss of typing efficiency when you're using touch Braille. The second thing is that you don't have to hit these targets. Once you're typing, you just simply type normally, as in no special gestures to do space or backspace or to do different commands, because you're typing as if you were typing on a braille note keyboard. The same way that you always typed on a Braille note keyboard. For example, enter is your right little finger, backspace is your left little finger. You can do different commands. The second way that TouchBraille is different, and TouchBraille really provides that efficiency factor is that other devices only allow you to use the Braille input methods in edit fields. And that's really limiting. As we said, there's many, many other functions that Braille could be really useful. And one of them is for first-letter navigation, orienting yourself to different applications, navigating around. The beauty of TouchBraille is it's always ready. It's always active, and you can use your familiar Braille note commands and shortcuts, first-letter navigation. So I can still be on the main menu with my hands on the glass and still type W for word processor and go straight there. Or now I could press P for Play Store and jump right there. So TouchBraille is... One of the most dynamic features of the device, because it can be used in all places in any app, anywhere in the device. Touch Braille is something that we're extremely excited about. I, I think, as a blind user myself, who has been the blind kid who's used you know Perkins Brailers and sure. obnoxiously loud devices in school and oh, in workplaces and yes. things like that, the part that I'm so excited about Touch Braille and about the device is, number one, that it requires virtually no effort to Braille on the screen. And that is something that, you know, you think about the Perkins Braillers, you have to push really, really hard. And people have trained themselves to type with their wrists way up in the air and hammering down on these devices. I've seen horror stories of people banging away on Braille keyboards and the keys, you know, basically not standing up to the task. And so touch Braille allows you to basically type with hardly any effort at all. And the second part that I think is the most exciting is that it's 100% silent. When you type on a screen, it's like a sighted person writing with a pencil and paper. And that's the part that I think is so exciting about this product is that it allows a blind user to be efficient with their device, but not have to stand out as in they're using something different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: and if you're a student anyway... A teen particularly, and you're going through junior high or high school, and God forbid, you have one of those huge Perkins Braille devices, which were, you know, as you said, loud, obnoxious anyway... You were automatically the person who was making the most noise in the class, whether you liked it or not. And, you yeah. know, it makes you more self conscious. It makes you more concerned about, gosh, you know, am I embarrassing all my friends hanging around here? But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's such a nice thing now knowing that everyone will have this opportunity to experience something that's quiet.
2: And, you know, touch braille may not be for everyone. The touch screen, you know, some people may just say, I don't want to use the touch screen. Well, we, we don't force you to use that. The BrailleNote Touch comes with what we're calling the Smart Carrying Case, and built into the Smart Carrying Case is a physical keyboard that when you type on it, feels like you're typing on a BrailleNote Apex. So as soon as you place the device, and by default it's going to be shipped to you in the carrying case, the keyboard actually flips over the screen and connects to it with a magnet. And so you can actually feel a physical connection of the, the keyboard connecting to the, the screen, and you. When you look at the device, when you feel the device, it feels just like a traditional note taker. And so for those people who are a little apprehensive about the screen or maybe just want to use the device just like a Braille note, you can definitely do that. And for some people, it may reduce the learning curve exponentially. I can tell you that touch Braille, I would say, has about a 20-minute learning curve to be I wouldn't say super super efficient but at least to be able to type consistently on it. The more you use it the better you're going to get. I use touch braille now for 100% of my work. When I make mistakes on touch braille now, it's not because I didn't know how to how the system worked or anything like that. It's that I would have made those mistakes using a physical keyboard as well. So that's that's really where I think the, the, the power of the touch barrel. I, I think your your social aspect of that, Kim, is, is really powerful as well in that this device, because it has a screen on it for the first time, you know, blind students, professionals, their sighted peers are able to actually join in with them yeah. on what they're doing. They don't have to, you know, I've, I remember being the blind student who was using the note taker in the classroom or the the braille device and nobody had a clue what i was of doing course. which sometimes sometimes i really liked i mean that was <laughs> yeah, always fun
1: exactly. <laughs> at
2: the same time but <laughs> but you but you also had you know you, you sort of felt like an outcast at some point that you know well I, i'm not able to participate or they can't participate in what i'm doing you know what what really excites me is that i can jump on youtube i can mm-hmm. go into the uh the play store i can grab youtube and I can open up a YouTube video, and if I was a student, I could be, you know, with my friends watching a YouTube video on my Braille Note Touch, and I could get to it by simply pressing Y for YouTube, pressing Enter, typing in Braille a search criteria, and pulling up the YouTube video. Just and like that. And then
3: turn on your visual display, and you're off and running. And
2: exactly. Yep.
3: Lean down and enjoy the
1: thing. Or that if you, beautiful yeah, thing. or if you need help with something, yeah. somebody, you know, they you, there are ways. It's my understanding that you can kind of inter- you can interact with the sighted peer and they can say oh well the button you're looking for is here and put put their finger on the button and you can hear and read it in Braille what
2: yeah yep mm-hmm. correct so you, yep. you you can turn off um, the touch braille and you can use explore by touch and they could physically touch the button for you and double tap it or if you just if they if they tell you, well, turn on the, the Explorer by Touch and I'll tell you where it is and they can mm-hmm. you can put your finger up there. But you know, the good thing about this is that with Touch Braille, if you generally know what you're looking for, and that's I think the most exciting part is I, I've worked with a lot of parents and, and students and, and even blind professionals. You know, I, I tell you the number of times that I get a new app on a tablet or something like that and I've never used it before. Sometimes I'll show it to a sighted person and say, hey, do you see a submit button somewhere on the screen? Because I sure can't find it. And yep. they'll say, yeah, it's yep. in this corner or whatever else. Y- you know you know what you need to hit, so just press S, and nine times out of ten, it'll jump to an item that starts with S on that screen. That's really exciting. The device, just to, to give you a little bit more information on it, um, so it, it is a traditional Braille tablet. Um, in the front of it, you have three physical Android buttons or or Google buttons that we put on there. So we have the Android back button, which is a physical button shaped like a triangle pointed left. And that's like pressing space with E on the keyboard, just like your traditional braille note command. You have a circular home button, which is like pressing space with all six dots at the same time, jumping you to the main menu. And then you have a new button, which is a physical square shaped button that is for the context menu. And we have a context menu in all of our Keysoft apps and in some of even third party applications. And if you press and hold that square button, it'll actually open up your recent apps. Because this device, being a tablet, obviously, you can have many, many, many apps open at one time. But I want to go back to the item uh, that I mentioned called the context menu, just tapping that square button. And you can access this all, that also all of these have commands from the Braille keyboard. Space with M opens up your context menu. What's really exciting uh, is that Keysoft still has contextual help. Everybody knows Keysoft's contextual help. It's sort of that guide that allows you to not have to have the user guide with you all the time on how to how to do that certain things. And cont- I'm happy to say contextual help is still there. You can still press space with H anywhere, and it'll tell you how to navigate around the screen, you know, how to execute first letter navigation, uh, what your focus is, that kind of stuff. But what I'm excited to, to tell you is that this product is is not just in, in English only. Um, we're we're going to be localizing this product in many, many different languages. So part of the challenge was if we were going to take contextual help from the past Braille notes, it would have been a real challenge to to localize all of that content because contextual help was sort of infinite. You had so much information in past contextual helps, and a lot of teachers and users told us that contextual help at times actually had too much information. So what we've done is separated. Contextual help is generally going to give you information about how to navigate around something, what options are available, that kind of stuff, or what items could be navigated to, that kind of thing. But in contextual help, you'll also at the end have an option there that says for a menu with more items and shortcuts, press space with M. And if I do that, it'll open up the contextual menu, which is going to be available in every Keysoft app, and as I said, some third-party apps as well. And I always say it's sort of like right-clicking in Windows. If at any point you're curious about what you can do in an app, for example, you know, I mentioned we have Keymail. Well, you may want to know how to send an email. Well, to send an email, you can access the context menu from within a message by pressing space with M or hitting that square button. And the first item, I believe, in that menu says send email. And then right after it, it says space with S. So it tells you the functions that are available, but it also tells you the associated shortcuts that are there so that you can remember how to do them the next time.
3: That little square button is going to be your friend if you're like me and haven't used KeySoft in quite a while from the ancient BrailleNote Classic (laughs) days. So that's been a really fun experience to just have that, you know, call it training wheels or just that reminder, you know, to be able at any time to be able to press, you know, space M or context. And find out what's in there. I think it's a great little
0: tool.
2: That That's going to be your your crutch. It's one of those things. Yes. It's, you know, as, <laughs> as people said with contextual help, it's going to be the piece that I don't need to have a cheat sheet because built into the system is the cheat sheet. If you need exactly. to know how to copy a file or paste a file, it's going to be right in the context menu of the file manager. So I just want to run down the rest of the hardware. So – Along the the left side of the device, you have your traditional tablet volume up and volume down buttons going from front to back, so volume down, volume up. Right behind them is a a button that has a sort of an indentation in it. That's your lock-on-lock button. Many of you have those on your smartphones and things like that. And then there's an LED light that indicates whether the device is off, in standby, or turned on. And then behind that is the micro USB connection, that's used for both charging or for data transfer. If I move around to the back of the device, still with it in front of me, like I'm going to be using it, far left side is a USB host port, so you can plug in like a USB thumb drive and copy files and things like that from it. Next to that is an SD high-capacity slot, so SDHC. And to the right of that is a new port, an HDMI port. So you can actually connect this, and I have done so, to an 85-inch television and show everybody the video that you're watching or whatever else. You know, with HDMI being more of the standard now for video, um, we're, we're excited to say that the, uh, the Touch has an HDMI port for those who, who are site-dependent. So, Is the SD
1: card slot a full SD card slot or a micro?
2: No, it's a full SD card slot. Nice. I have enough I have enough trouble when I drop those bigger ones. I know. <laughs> no. yeah, so it's I a <laughs> there's a small port on the back that some of you may wonder what it is. There's a, that there's a little port that is actually used for the physical keyboard when you pop the the touch into its smart carrying case. The keyboard actually is hardwired into the touch. Now, when I say hardwired, I don't mean it actually plugs in, but we're using a technology that basically transfers energy via touching contacts. And so when you put the touch into the carrying case, there's a small little contact from the keyboard that makes contact with the touch and uh, is is super secure there. So it actually you'll feel the touch lock into place in the in the carrying case. And we, you know, we looked at a bunch of different technologies that were out there related to um, how we wanted the keyboard to communicate with the touch. And it kept coming down to people needed stability. I have many keyboards that I pair with tablets. I have Braille displays that I pair with tablets and things like that. And every single one of us who's probably used this type of technology has had that dreaded time where the keyboard doesn't connect to the tablet. And you need to get something done. And these devices being obviously so used for educational purposes, Braille literacy introduction, all that kind of stuff, in a classroom, and in my case, in a meeting environment, when I need to get stuff written down, I can't be messing around with a Bluetooth or a wireless connection to a, a keyboard. It has to be 100% solid. And so we made the decision that uh, that users needed something 100% stable so that when you had that keyboard ready to go. And if you wanted to braille on that keyboard, you could with no questions asked. So that's the keyboard port. If I just move to the right edge, we have the microphone jack, the headphone jack, and then we have an action button. And the action button is used for many different things in many different apps. For example, in the Victor Reader app, which I'm excited to say is on the BrailleNote Touch, we have a Braille-optimized Victor Reader app for book reading. That button on the side is actually a shortcut to do play and stop. So if I push it once, it plays. If I push it again, it stops. If I flip the device over on its face, there is an 8-megapixel camera on the back of the device with two LED lights uh, to the left and right of it. And those LED lights are used for text optimization so it's they can be used for the flash, so just like a camera flash, and they they can also be used for text text optimization because we all know that when doing o c r and things like that you know o c r is extremely light dependent and so we try to use those lights to make it as uh as optimally lighted as possible for for text recognition. The device does not come with an actual OCR app specific, but there's many out there. Um, I know there's one called Google Goggles that is one that does text recognition. There's of course the KNFB Reader app, which is on Android. This is really where the power of being a Google Play device really is is something that none of us have really ever seen. The, I, I, as the product manager, I can't tell you the number of times where I've heard the question start out, "Can the Braille Note do mm. X, Y, and Z?" and for the first time, you you as the user have the power to go give the functionality to your device depending on whatever accessible app you want to download, and that's that's really cool. Also, on the back, there's an, uh, a, a battery with two battery locks to ensure that it stays secure, and that battery should give you 8 to 10 hours of battery life. So and I think I've...
1: Be, yeah, and because you said it was locked, that tells me it's user-replaceable.
2: It is, absolutely. Perfect. Yep that's really the hardware of the Braille note touch what I can do is uh, if it's all right with you guys I'll probably go through the uh, the main menu just to give you an example of kind of the different apps that we have sure. and uh, yeah. what's available at this point so let me turn the, turn my volume up and we'll see if So I'm using touch Braille right now. Now, what's really cool about this device is that you can pretty much navigate around the entire device just using the thumb keys. So as I said, your far left is previous, your far right is next. So I'm just going to go through the main menu. I see main menu right on my Braille display. I'm going to hit next. Internet, key web. Oops, and I'm going to go to the top. top. Contact, key list. So you heard contacts, key list. So key list is still there. The cool thing about key list is that it's obviously completely synchronized with... Uh, any of your Google contacts, any of your Microsoft Exchange contacts – yes, that's right, I said Microsoft Exchange – and uh, any other email provider that you have, which allows you to sync contacts, we're able to to basically uh, tie in to the synchronization techniques and capabilities of of Android. So KeyList is uh, available, and you can do all your traditional searching and things like that in KeyList. If I hit next. Email. KeyMail. So email is uh, obviously KeyMail and as you heard me say before, it's Microsoft Exchange ready. So if you're a, a blind professional, if you um, use a school system that uses Exchange, that kind of thing, the days of saying that we have to use a special email account or something are over. So we're very excited about that. And if I activate that, you'll go right into the traditional keymail, new message. key-mail menu. And the first option is new message. Mm-hmm. If I hit next, read. you have read for reading messages. Add account. You can add an account. Settings. There's your settings. Current account. Exchange. And then you see it says current account exchange. Well, I can have multiple accounts. So right now on this one I have Gmail and I have Exchange on here. And all the traditional commands apply. Um, you're able to to do everything that you traditionally do in an email client. Um, and it feels very similar to, to doing it on a Braille node. If I go back to the main menu, main menu. I'm going to hit next. Contacts. Key list. Email. Key mail. Internet. Key web. Internet is, is a really exciting one I'm happy to talk about. KeyWeb is a layer that we built on top of the Firefox Internet browser. So Firefox is really our backbone of Internet usage, but you'd never note it because you're going to be interacting with the, the layer of KeySoft on top of that. So when I press Enter, for example, I can go into KeyWeb, and when I go into KeyWeb... At that point. And what's really cool about KeyWeb is that you have this sort of home screen with all your recently used pages and things like that. So Google is exactly where I landed on because that was the number one page that I go to. So I can activate that. Loading. It's
0: better in the app
2: Google. And now I'm on the Google page. page loaded. Now, what. Okay, now what some of you may have heard is you may have heard a rising tone. And that rising tone tells me that I'm in edit mode and that's something that's really new to the braille note. Edit mode is some of you may be familiar with it from screen readers. Basically, when you enter an edit field or an edit box, you need to activate it first before actually doing any any type of editing. So I'm on the Google search page and it automatically put me into edit mode and I heard a rising tone. What I see on my braille display is actually a left, it looks like a, a box with a cursor in between. So I have like a left bracket for my box and a right bracket. They're the same symbols that you saw on, on the Braille notes in the past, but that's a way that we represent the edit box concept. Okay, so now I'm going to press the square button or space with M. All text menu. Open web page.
0: Enter with O.
2: And you see that now you have a list of all the functions in KeyWeb. So open web page. Enter with O. Forward. Enter with F. Forward. Back. Space with E. Back, space with E, to exit back to the previous page. Oh, enter with H. You can go to your home page with enter with H. There's a ton of commands out here, but the one that you typically would use to jump to a web page is
0: Search edit box. enter with
2: O. And right there, it has Google already in there. Some of you may have heard it says computer braille is required. And the same way with Apex and any other Braille notes uh, on the web pages, because we need to make sure that you can input all the symbols that are required for web usage and things like that, we want to make sure you're able to do that with computer Braille. So in KeyWeb and things like that, you can use computer Braille to enter any symbol you need to. So that's just a quick glimpse into KeyWeb. I'm very excited to say that you will no longer run into pages that you cannot open because we're using... Firefox, and we have the ability using that Firefox backbone to upgrade that Firefox backbone at any time that we need to. This is really a perfect example of sort of unifying that efficiency of a traditional note taker using the Braille keyboard and the Braille commands and shortcuts and, and first letter navigation, etc., with the power of the mainstream applications and devices. So I'll jump back to main menu. Main menu. Key so I'm back on internet. I'm going to hit next again. Word processor. Word processor is a big one. That's probably the most used application on the BrailleNote and has been for for many years, and I'm happy to say the keyword is back again. If I hit confirm on this, and I'm going to go into keyword. um, If I wasn't in a document, it would have brought me to the keyword menu where I would have seen create, open, print, emboss, blah, blah, blah. But since I had a previous document open already, and I never actually closed it, I just jump right into that document. Now, the beauty of Keyword is that what Keyword really allowed blind users to do is correctly format documents and be able to read the formatting in a document and that's really powerful because you know quite honestly if i'm listening to something speak at me i never know you know what's the formatting there what's the spelling what's any of that kind of stuff and that's really where keyword provides the most functionality and so i have braille formatting symbols in this document but what's really cool about keyword on the touch is that Keyword, like every aspect of Keysoft, is rewritten from the ground up, and it's rewritten to be designed for the modern user. And the modern user doesn't use specialized BrailleNote formatted documents. Every user today is using some type of mainstream file. For example, if I open up Keyword today... I will be writing and reading in Braille, and it's going to feel just like I've read on a Braille note for many, many years. When I save that file or when I send that file, it's always in Microsoft DOCX or DOC or RTF format. So it's always using a mainstream format of document. But you're getting all of the Braille benefits of the past versions of keyword. And so… Students and professionals who need to write documents and you're used to doing, you you know, you used to say that, oh, I have to do that on my laptop because my my Braille note or my note taker or whatever wouldn't do it. This device is designed for the professional user or for somebody writing professional looking documents. And so I was that blind student, you know, in school who the teacher said, oh, he's blind. He doesn't have to format his document. Just make sure the content's there. Well, that's going to be really difficult to find a job. If you're not able to format and make professional-looking documents, so I want to make sure that this device is something that's going to really push blind students and professionals to be able to do everything they need to do. And so, I think
1: each one of us, three of us in this conversation, have been that person where it's like, okay, whatever, they don't have to do, you know, like you said, the formatting and stuff. So,
2: and you know, you think about it, Chris. What what teenage kid is going to say? Oh no, I really want to write that ten <laughs> yeah. paper. please right. oh, let me format this. Yeah, please let me do this. I I, I I no, and it's uh you know that's that's really what we're going for here is a product that's going to foster inclusion with the blind student and also productivity. You know, that's the thing is that I'm not going to say that this device is going to replace your laptop, but I definitely can speak from experience saying that I'm not looking at my email on my laptop like I used to as much because I can do it with the touch. And it's so much faster for me to do that in contracted Braille and, and be able to do all that content. So um, you are able to do pretty significant formatting in this. I, I can create bulleted lists. I can create headers and footers and, and headings and things like that. So it's extremely powerful to be able to do these kind of documents and um, even print them as a PDF that I could send to somebody if I needed to. So let's jump back to main menu, and I'll go to the next item. Internet,
0: keyword, word processor,
2: keyword, key plan. So planner, uh, I won't go into it, but planner, once again, just like key list, um, key plan is connected to your email, and so I'm excited to say that all of my, you know, Exchange calendar appointments that I live and die from on my calendar are synchronized directly to my Braille Note Touch. If I hit next. You still have a file manager, so if you need to copy and paste, move files around, access that kind of content, it's a very, very simple uh, structure. I am, I'm ex- uh, well, I've said so excited, but I, I'm pretty much excited the whole time. Uh, but the ability to do folders inside of folders is exponentially easier on this device. So the Braille notes have always been a challenge. We'd have to switch into directory mode and do special things and things like that. This one tells you when a folder is a folder and when you can go inside of a folder to place things. So it's uh, it's very straightforward. Fine, next, Cal- we have a scientific calculator on this device, so you are able to do many of the scientific calculator functions that you you've been used to. I'll hit next yes. again.
3: Remember the days when uh, scientific calculators were like five hundred bucks all on their own? Well, your <laughs> <new> Braille notes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll hit next again. So there's Victor Reader, and Victor Reader is really powerful. As I said, it's an optimized Victor Reader for Braille. And so you are able to read essentially all the Victor Reader content that you would typically read on your Victor Reader stream the first generation, so the one that was offline. So accessing things like DAISY audio, DAISY text, text files in general, that kind of stuff. You can even pull in podcasts uh, if you've had saved podcasts on an SD card or something like that. The cool thing is that if you do own a Victor Reader stream, you're able to just simply take out your card from your stream and pop it directly into your touch, and it'll show up in your bookshelf right away. And you're able to basically continue reading or whatever you need to do from the Victor Reader's card. The next item is the most exciting item. Play store. Is your play store. And that is the part that was sort of this walled off piece uh, of note takers for the past 20 to 25 years. Is that there was just this sort of blocked off door that you could never get to. And we're really excited to say that you can open up the play store and download whatever you need. So, for example, the last item on the main menu, if I hit that. All applications. Is all applications, and that takes you to. If I go into this,
0: main menu
2: all apps. It's main menu all apps, and now it has a list of every application that's on this device, from the keysoft applications to the ones that I've downloaded. So, for example, I can hit the letter D, and remember that this is a, a list of probably fifty to sixty items. If I needed to find something using a touchscreen. I would use my trusty swipe right 50 or 60 times until I found it. For example, if I want to go straight to YouTube, I know that that's the last item on the list. I can press Y, YouTube. and it goes straight to YouTube. YouTube. Now, what you may have heard right there, I don't know if that came through, is that's it's a notification. It's, it's kind of funny because I'm using a, a note device, but I have a notification coming in, and that was from my AtBat app. And so I see that the my, my Milwaukee Brewers are now down one to nothing. Um, nice. And so that came in from my At Bat app, which wasn't even open. It was just sending notifications to me. And so I did actually see that notification in Braille, and I could have just pressed my cursor router key on that notification to interact with it. I'm on YouTube. I could also hit D, for example, and go straight to Google Docs. And at this stage... This is really where the power of the touch can be harnessed. So I, if I press enter on Google Docs, you're, you're able to, to create content and, and things like that in Google Docs, obviously. But when you're using Google Docs, the, the power and what the touch does is that I can control the entire third-party application from my keyboard. So in this case, I know. Uh, one of the things my wife and I do, my wife is blind as well, is we share a shopping list. Anytime that we know that we're out of something, for example, we always put it on this Google Docs shopping list that we can update and have on any of our devices that are with us. So let's say that I need to tell my wife that we're out of something. Well, I don't know on this screen where Google Docs is, or I'm sorry, my shopping list is located. So I'd have to swipe right, you know, 10 times until I actually found it. But this is where the power of Keysoft comes in. Is this is a third-party app? This is not a, a Keysoft application. I can just press the letter S. Search. S again.
0: Search
2: by. S again. Shopping
0: list Google Docs shared open by me, March fourteenth.
2: And there is my shopping list. I didn't swipe right fifteen times. I pressed S three times, and now I can press enter. I'll press enter there. Shopping list. And at this stage, my shopping, shopping list. With editing it says, Open Shopping list with Editing Permissions. I see that on my Braille display. Now, I know because I've, I've been in in the Google Docs application before that I need to find the Edit button somewhere on the screen. So I'm going to press E. There it is, Edit button. I'll press Enter. And you heard it kind of make that chime noise. That tells me now that I'm editing. Now I'm using my thumb keys on the front. So let's go. I see I need to buy snap peas. I need to buy lunch meat because I'm out of that apparently. Chicken breasts. Let's tell my wife that we need to buy a bottle of wine. So I'm going to press enter. So it said new line. And I'm going to type in wine in contracted Braille. And now I see wine actually on my Braille display. Now when I'm done, I can be finished by pressing space with E to exit. And I can hit the letter D because I know that somewhere on the screen, there needs to be a done button. There it is. I'm going to press enter done editing. editing. And at this stage, I've just updated a Google doc on my braille note touch using contracted braille. And I've read that in contracted braille. I saw all of the formatting, all of the things that I needed to see in that document, but I did it using a device that was built for braille efficiency. So, That right there to me is really one of the most exciting parts of this device is that I'm able to use an application that's built for collaboration with sighted peers, sighted colleagues, but I'm able to do it in a Braille format that is familiar and more efficient for me.
3: It's efficient. It's fast. The collaboration is there. I'm amazed how quickly things can be done. I mean, two or three keystrokes and you're off and away. It's great
2: with anything. Your typical Braille note commands are there. So I'm on my lock screen right now, but let's say I want to check my time. I can press Enter with T. 3:57 PM. I can press Enter with D. March 18th, 2016. And there's a new one. If I press Enter with N. Travis, Illinois. Basket by map. Singles in the top. So now I got a whole list of notifications that I have here that I can go through, and it says Notification Shade, and I can go through and I can look at all of my notifications. I can press C and clear them. With one letter, and now they're all gone. So that that's really where I would have had to swipe through many, many, many times until I found the clear button to get rid of all those notifications. In this case, I can just press C on the touchscreen. Everything that I just did was all on the touchscreen. I didn't touch that physical keyboard once. This is an example that you are able to really practice. And I think, you know, in, in my mind, that silent typing is incentive enough for a blind person to want to get good at this. So,
3: Absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, we couldn't hear you type. I mean,
3: yeah, no. the only thing we could hear was the notification, you know, the various notification sounds and things. But in terms of mm-hmm. the typing, we wouldn't have known you were doing it had we not yep. heard
2: those. Yep. So that's really an exciting piece. And you know, I think the other piece is, um, as I said, you have that visual screen. So being being yes. able to show that to a sighted colleague, sighted teacher, sighted friend, and be able to, you know, continue collaboration with your device. I remember, you know, there's been many times when I've had to use my braille note and I have to go over to their laptop so that they can see what they're doing rather than, you know, using my device. And so uh, a sighted colleague or friend or, or classmate is able to actually look at this device and see exactly what you're doing. If you say, oh, what do you think of the changes I made to this paragraph? They can look over and, and actually see what you did. This is an amazing device. It has
3: a lot to offer. I mean, there's there's so much innovation built into it. As of the time that this podcast is released to the world, launched on the world, <laughs> it will be launched at CSUN. So more people will be finding out about it. When are you guys planning on shipping the device?
2: So we are uh, saying that we're going to be shipping it in May. Now, if we obviously have it Earlier, we will absolutely get it out. We will be taking pre-orders for anybody who wants uh, to to get on the list, but we will be shipping the device in in May. Uh, so, and as I said, it will be coming in two forms. You'll have a a braille note touch 18 and a braille note touch 32 they all come with the smart carrying case with the braille keyboard as part of that case uh, just one one wanted to mention one thing for our qt users so qt is not something that we we, we forgot about um, the device is definitely optimized for for touch braille and things like that we are offering at least at launch and we will be optimizing it even further in the next release that uh, you are able to plug in a USB keyboard or a Bluetooth keyboard of your choosing. So we don't want to limit. I know some people have very significant preferences on keyboards and things like that, whether they have wrist guards or things that'll prevent uh, if you have carpal tunnel or anything like that. So we want to give you the the, uh, the choice of whatever keyboard you want to use. You can use those in editing situations. So if you type faster in, in a keyword document and you want to use your your QWERTY keyboard, you absolutely can do that. At the time Uh, of release there will be no navigation support so there's not any special customized keyboard shortcuts for the qwerty version but there will be uh, coming shortly last thing i guess i want to say that's a little different than what people have been used to with braille notes is we uh, we do have a wireless update feature that's available whenever we decide to release an update You'll get a notification. You'll see an N in brackets is basically what it looks like to tell you that it's a notification. And you'll see that a system update's available. All you do is click on that notification, and the update begins downloading. It's that simple. As I said, this is a BrailleNote device that's modern and designed for the modern user. I think people expect that type of update experience.
3: Absolutely. It just makes it so much more convenient.
2: Yep, so gone are the days of having to uh, configure SD cards. I'm sure Chris remembers oh. in the old M-Power, making sure that yes. you configure it for a 512 or less uh, <laughs> megabyte SD card. And try and finding like that. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> Nope, Just uh, you will be able to download the update file uh, on a PC if you felt like you wanted to do it faster and put it on a thumb drive or an SD card. You could do that, but uh, it's, it's so simple to do it directly on the device.
3: So some of you may be wondering, why the heck is Greg on the Mystic Access podcast and doing this anyway? What's what's the deal here? Well, we're I just thought excited. you guys
2: really wanted to talk yeah, to me. that's Well, nice. we do. Of <laughs> course
3: <Yes>, we did. <laughs> Greg's a perfectly nice guy, and we wanted to have a nice conversation. But there's even more to the story than that, which is very exciting for us because the audio tutorial that will come in addition to the user guide that you can read on your device there is going to be an audio tutorial available and We are very pleased that we are being responsible for that piece of things. So I am hard at work working my fingers and my computer and my gold wave to the bone, getting that recorded as we speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the time you guys hear this, there will be a nice little sample that Greg will be sharing around during CSUN and uh, that we'll be sharing with you guys, too. So it's, it's a real treat for us.
2: We're we're extremely excited to have Mystic Access on board with this one. What really started this conversation and, and really created the the interest here is you know I was talking to to Chris and Kim and, and we were kind of reminiscing about you know what what helps someone learn technology back in the day and when yes. I say back in the day I mean like you know ten fifteen years ago, huh? <laughs> um but uh but uh one of the things that we all remembered was you know on those braille and speaks and the original braille note classic and things like that it always came with a cassette tape that or well in that case several cassette tapes that were in the box and i i distinctly remember my teacher handing me a cassette tape and saying okay listen to the chapter on the editor i think it was called in in the braille and speak i don't remember now but uh you know you listen to this chapter and we'll go over it tomorrow and i remember that as as a student back then i would listen to that chapter and then i would sneak ahead and i'd start to read the next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter and before i knew it i came back and i had already known and learned the functionality of the device without ever having to really spend much time memorizing commands and things like that because it was sort of this active learning process well we're excited to say that with every Braille Note touch, the default book in the Victor Reader application will be the introductory tutorial that Mystic Access will be preparing. And that's really, really powerful because with one device, you're able to not only use it, but learn it. And I think that that's something that um, the, the assistive technology and technology industry in itself has kind of gotten away from is – that's part of why the braille note has been so successful over the years is the number of support tools, the contextual help, all that kind of stuff. But uh I think we could even take it further and that's really where this the the tutorial idea came. And uh so we're we're extremely excited to have have Mystic Access on board with this. Can't wait to see what your many many hours of work are going <laughs> to produce.
1: <laughs> but yeah uh,
2: But I I just told Kim I said let's let's try to keep it under ten hours if we can do it. We can do
3: it. I think. I'm gonna cross my fingers and toes, and we're gonna do it. I might need a support group after that though. But (laughs) we can can do it. (laughs)
2: I'll send I'll send you that bottle of wine that my wife picked up at the store. I'm (laughs) I'm waiting for a text message from my wife that says I thought we got wine the last week. (laughs)
3: You're gonna need some more after your few weeks, sir. No, it's it's no, you no, do no. it. You're
2: this do is it. this is extremely extremely exciting stuff. I you know, I mentioned earlier the the support of, of Google. Google has been extremely supportive and you know, they they you know, I don't want to say it in the, the negative perspective, but they they've sort of gotten a bad rap over the past couple of years with regard to accessibility. And I I just wanna mention that it's Google's accessibility APIs, and APIs are basically the hooks that allow companies like HumanWare and app developers and things like that to to do what they need to do for accessibility purposes. And And what I want to mention is that it's Google's accessibility APIs that we're using to build Keysoft off of. And I think this is a perfect example of how Google's accessibility infrastructure has really enabled a company like HumanWare to build a device that is this efficient and this, you know, this functional for somebody who's who's visually impaired, and the really powerful part of that is that, you know, if if you download an app from the Play Store that's regarded as accessible, we're based on the same requirements that TalkBack or any other screen reader uh, on Android are are based off of. So the thing is, is that it's it's not like we're going off and doing our own thing. We're using the tools that Google have, have provided us to, to build this accessibility service called Keysoft. Keysoft really is what manages the speech, braille, control, everything. Like I said, it's the user experience, but it's based off those accessibility APIs from Google. And I think that that really shows the effort that Google has made to, uh, to, to try to create a really solid accessibility infrastructure when, when used uh, you know, in, in an assistive technology manner.
1: Speaking of speech, what speech will be included on the device?
2: You know, Chris, I lost a bet to myself. I figured that was going to be the first question you'd ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know the, Chris
3: wants to know about speech. I know Chris. Like, <laughs>
2: one, so the, the default speech engine on the device is Acapella. I don't think it's any secret that HumanWare works very closely with Acapella on many of our devices. But... If there's one thing that that I've learned in being in this industry for 15 years or so is that every single blind person on the planet has a different preference in speech engines. So we don't restrict you to only using acapella. If you want to use some other speech engine that's on the Play Store, all you need to do is go download it and select it, and you're ready to go. So... Uh, I I have people on the beta testing team and things like that who are using Eloquence. I have other people who are using, uh, you know, various other text-to-speech engines as well. So I'm very excited to say that that's that's an option because I I know that certain people uh, are turned off by certain sounds of uh, TTS. So we want to make sure that anybody who wants to use this device is not turned off by something like that.
1: And also the reason, too, that I asked is I wanted to make sure that people maybe couldn't understand the speech when you were playing it you know maybe just cuz you're playing it through the speakers themselves so i just want to make sure that it's clear somebody.
3: for everybody or somebody who's you know less familiar with acapella. Exactly. Like, oh, yep. who was that pleasant female voice? That's acapella Heather.
2: Yeah. So this is that that's that's something we're really happy about. And anytime you need to use TTS, you can use the TTS engine of, of your choice.
3: Yes, and sometimes people can do what I often find myself doing, which is to turn TTS off, <laughs> not use it at all. You
2: know, so I I don't know the exact numbers, but it's I used to work on tech support for for Humanware and. I could tell you that probably about 90% of the time I had to ask anybody who was using a braille note, can you turn your speech on? And half the time they couldn't remember how to do it (laughs) because they never turned the speech on. I think this is a a point that we wanted to make as well, is that, you know, this device is a Braille-first device. It's meant for the Braille user, for Braille efficiency. So everything that you do on this device can be done without speech. So... You know, those who maybe have hearing impairments or things like that as well can use this device.
3: Yes, that in addition to the haptic feedback, we were mm-hmm. talking about deafblind users who might find that really useful in terms it, of that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a, it's really exciting to, because just, just something like Google Hangouts, for example, there's, there's so many different ways to communicate with this device, either Skype, Google Hangouts. I use Google Hangouts quite a bit using a Wi-Fi connection at any point. If you have a smartphone that allows you to connect via a hotspot, you can pretty much use this device anywhere you need to to communicate with anybody that you need to. It's extremely powerful in that, that you can use Braille to, to read and write any kind of messages you need.
1: So we just wanted to take this time and thank you, Greg and HumanWare, for coming on the podcast and talking about this wonderful device.
2: Well, thanks thanks for having me. It's a, it's a really exciting time. I think both for human wear, but in general for the assistive technology industry. This is a time that we've never really seen in the past where assistive technology efficiency meets the power and openness of the mainstream. And I think that that's something that uh, I'm really excited to be living through and be seeing at this stage, just myself as a blind user, uh, you know, using the devices every day.
3: Yeah, every time you think that it's not going to get better, it does. And it's just like, wow, yeah, there's... Kind of an awe factor
1: that still remains, I think. (laughs) So how can people contact HumanWare and get more information and all that stuff?
2: So, of course, you can contact HumanWare at uh, 800-722-3393 and visit our website at www.humanware.com. There will be support resources. Well, probably not support resources yet because the product hasn't started shipping. But (laughs) (laughs) there will be a lot of information out there. We'll have... uh, video and uh, eventually uh, hopefully we'll have this audio uh, podcast on the website as well so yeah. mm-hmm. we will uh, we'll we'll get all the information that we can up on that page so that people um, during this sort of window where we're not shipping units uh, we want to make sure you're well informed on what the device will do and you know that kind of stuff so feel free to give us a call check that out shoot us an email at support at humanware.com or info at humanware.com and uh, we we look forward to Hearing from each and every one of you, and um, hopefully, you'll get your hands on a Braille Note Touch.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good evening. Bye.
3: Thanks, guys.
2: Bye bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for more information about the Braille Note Touch, please contact HumanWare. Give them a call at 800 722 3393 send them an email at support at humanware.com or info at humanware.com or visit their website www.humanware.com mystic access would like to thank greg stilson and humanware for appearing on the podcast and sharing about this exciting new Brellnote note device thanks for listening bye
0: The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.